title of the message. I don't know if this is going to be a, a, a more part because I do have some other points I won't be able to get to today. The authority of the believer. Authority of the believer. How many is thankful that God's given us authority? Yes. Before we get into scripture, how many has ever been stopped by a cop? Uh, what happens when they get, they stop you? What do you do? You get nervous. What else do you do? You start looking for things. Then you start wondering, what did I do? Or maybe you know what you did. But they represent authority. They represent uh, the authority that's been handed to them, that's been given to them. And when they stop you, it's not because uh, uh, they really want to, but they have noticed something that is going on. Either maybe a taillight's out, or you did speed, or you ran a stop sign or a red light, or whatever it may be. Anyway, they are stopping you for some reason. But they have the authority to do that. And notice that you yielded, didn't you? I'll never forget a show that uh, every once in a while we watch called The Andy Griffith Show. Uh, some of you older ones remember that. Barney was going out to talk to these uh, guys that were selling some produce from their farms and from areas, but they did not get a license. And so Andy says, go take care of that. Tell them that they cannot sell. Well, they were much bigger than Barney. Barney was nothing but a little wimp. And he was just a short guy. And they chased him off the first time. And Andy gave him a talk. And he said, I want you to go out. Well, Andy followed and went with him, but he didn't get out. He says, you go take, and Andy says, I mean, Barney says, I'm going to take care of this. He went back there and he was looking up to the guys because they were much larger than his. He said, didn't I tell you you must leave? Yeah. And they kept coming closer to him, kept coming closer to him. He stood his ground. He says, you boys are much bigger than I am. You boys can probably whip me. But so you see this badge? You give this authority that I've been given? He says, there's a lot bigger people than you that will take care of the situation. And I represent that. And when he did that, they cowered and backed away. How many knows the enemy, Satan himself, can cower when he knows you have an authority? The problem I see with so many in today's society, they don't understand their authority in Christ. They don't understand that they have authority. We have authority. Say, I have authority. If you are a believer, if you believe what God said, I truly believe that you're not a wimp, but you are a winner. How many knows that I'm a winner? See, the believer has been given authority in the name of Jesus. Go to Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. And we'll read just a little bit of portion of scripture to bring out what we are facing. But not only that, what Jesus said to the believer and to the servant of God. Verse 32, if you're there, say amen. Stand for the reading of God's word, if you would, please. Verse 32 says this, but of that day and hour, no one knows not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son of Man, but only the Father. Talking about the soon coming of Jesus Christ, he's soon to appear. I don't know the day, the hour, but we need to be ready. Amen. Verse 33 says, take heed 
Watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. Then he describes something. It is a, like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Verse 35, watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowning of crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to and what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Touch your neighbor says it's time to watch. You may be seated. With the opening statements that I said and, and brought about, I've seen an issue in the church that should not be. When God saves us, gives us uh, the authorship of becoming a son or a daughter of God, he brings us into the family. How many knows the family has certain rights? Not everybody has a right to come into a, a mom and dad's home or a person that owns that. Only the kids, they have a right to come in. They can come in the back door. They can come in the side door. They can come through the windows if they want to. They've got a right to come in the house. They live there. They have the authority that's being given to them. But thank God that God has called us to be in the family. Too many have let the devil walk all over them. Too many in our church, even in the church realm, have let the devil walk all over them. It's time, I truly believe, that the church awakens to the point we have authority. Say, I have authority. authority. See, too many go through life, they pray. They just live their life, but they never take authority of the devil. They never take authority of the enemy. They allow the enemy to run all over them. Many will go through and just like I said, pray and try to do everything, but not take their rightful place with authority that God's given you. You have a rightful place to speak to the enemy. You have a rightful place to have authority. They said to Jesus when they listened to him, says, you're not like the scribes or the Pharisees. You speak as one with authority. When he was in a boat and he come up and he calmed the water, even the disciple says, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him. See, Jesus had authority and notice way he described it. I left and went to a different place, which is called heaven, but I give my servants, I give my children authority to take what needs to be taken over the enemy. We have authority, church. When the devil comes and he starts knocking at your door, you need to let faith go to the door and answer says, no more, devil. Let me say that again. When uh, the devil comes knocking at your door and all of a sudden you need to let faith come to the door and answer says no more. By authority, by the authority that's been vested in me, that's given to me, by the representative that God's given to me and being to be. Ephesians chapter 6 says to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, we've been given that area before we even put on the armor of God, the power and the might of God that's backing us. Thank God when you speak on behalf of what God has given you, when you speak his word, when you speak the way he says, there should be some power behind it. That's the reason why it's so important to get the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. 
We need the power of God. And Jesus said, and he said that you shall receive power after you receive the baptism, after you receive the Holy Spirit in your life. You'll have the power to overcome the enemy. Thank God for that. In the Bible, there's, in Luke chapter 15, it talks about a, a story, a, a, a parable of a prodigal son, a wasteful son, a lost son that wanted his gains from his father. And he got the gains and he went out and he spent and all of a sudden a famine hit. And he found himself with the pigs, found himself in the mire, found himself even so hungry, says, I'll just eat what the pigs are eating. How many's ever been around pigs before? I don't want to eat the way they eat. I don't want to eat out of the troughs that they eat out. Trust me. I, we raised pigs when we was growing up. I know what they're like. And they're mean. They want you out of the way. They want their food for themselves. And they will grunt. They will do this and they will go at it. Have you seen those little piglets go at it? They want their own little thing. They will squeal too. <laughs> that's the way they do. That's the way they operate. That's not a good example of it, but that's the way they do. Pigs are not a good. We find this prodigal son with the pigs eating and deciding to try to eat something. And then he came to himself. All of a sudden, light turned on. My father has servants that has better than what I'm in right now. My father has a place where I can sit and eat and take on some things. I tell you what, I'm going to head back home. And when he headed back home, the Bible says that the only time we see in Scripture was that the father, where God himself ran to a child. The Bible says he's seen him a great far off. And what did he do? He ran to the son. And when he ran to the son, what did he do? Son, come here. I'll use you since you're here this morning. He's seen him, he's lost. Sometimes our children do some things and they get out of the way. But all of a sudden they come home and they says, he said, I'm going to, even before he asked for forgiveness, even before that he looked to the father and says, I've done you wrong. I've done wrong to the family name. I've done this and done that. What did the father do? He ran to the son, embraced the son, held him. And he says, I'm glad you're home. And then he didn't stop there because the son kept saying, Father, wait a minute. I, I want you to know I'm sorry. He says, go get a robe and put on him. See, that what is what the father wants to do. He says, I want you to have an identity of the family now. I want you to have the identity. See, that's what the robe represents, identity. He says, he didn't care if he smells. He didn't care if he had some dirtiness on him. He loved him. See, aren't you glad that God doesn't care where you come from? You may be with the pigs. You may smell like the pigs, but I'm telling you, when you walk in, the father will embrace you. Gives you a new identity. You're a new creature in Christ. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Thank you, son. And what did he do? He says, go get shoes. You know what shoes represent? Go put the shoes on. Don't give him just a thing. Go get the best. It means value. He held this son with value. Worthiness. 
Sometimes we think we've done some things that are so bad, so evil that God will not accept us. We see the prodigal son has now have new identity. He's back home. Now I'm a son of the father. And now he's got new shoes saying, I am blessed. I've been counted worthy. My value is there now. I didn't have it before. Now I do because I squandered everything I had. But then he goes on, he says, give him a ring, a ring for his finger. You know what the ring represents? Do you know what? I understand what it says. It's a family heirloom that's passed down. Kings give it to their children. Kings give it to those that represent. It represents authority. See, when you have the signet and you can put that down on a paper, that's what they used to do. That was authority. Aren't you glad that God gives us authority? He gives us the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and seals us with the Holy Spirit. And when he does that, he gives us authority to operate the way the Father says to operate. Thank God that he gives us that. Thank God he didn't look at my past and just say, I don't want you a part of what I've got. Thank God he gives me a new identity. Thank God he blesses me with my feet. He blesses me with my going. Because when I go in, I'm blessed. When I come out, I'm blessed. When I go into the countryside, I'm blessed. When I go into the city, I'm blessed. Wherever I am, I'm blessed. Tell your neighbor, I'm blessed. See, we've been given authority, a family signet, a family sign that the authority has been given. The Father has given us that. But far too many people are not using their authority over what the enemy is trying to do. The enemy is trying to discourage. The enemy is trying to bring things. The Bible says, John 10, 10, he's a thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. In 1 Peter, it says that he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It's time we stand against the enemy with authority and say, enough, boy, you have been given too much. Now I'm taking back what you have stolen. I'm taking back what you're trying to get in my life. That's authority. Speak as one with authority. Don't let the world intimidate you. Don't let people intimidate you who you are because you've been given that authority. See, I have authority in the name of Jesus. I am a child of God. It gives me the right to operate like that. And you know what? I get the new name. Christian. Christ-like. I get to operate that way. Everywhere Jesus went, demons feared him. Everywhere Jesus went, he changed the circumstance. Transformed the situation. All of a sudden, it changed into life. See, Jesus said this, the words that I speak are spirit first. Notice that, spirit, and they are life. I bring you spirit and life. Far too many people want to operate out of sympathy. They want you to feel sorry for themselves, for what they're facing. But I think it's time we stand up and say, whether I am a child of God. I need to stand up on the authority of God's word. I am the blessed of God. I've been given everything that heaven has to offer. So why should I be downhearted? Why should I be in sympathy? Why should I feel sorry for myself? But we need to put on that identity. Let me know that everywhere I go, I'm blessed and know that I've got authority. Sickness, you don't have a right in my life. Yes. 
<laughs> Demons, you don't have a right in my life. You see what I've been given? You see what this is? I'm representing the kingdom of heaven. I'm representing the family signet. I'm representing God himself. Praise God for that. In 1 Samuel 17, you don't have to turn there. Just mark it down. But it talks about a story about a young boy that came to check on his brothers because his dad had asked him. He says, take him some food. And they were in war. This is when the king and Israel was in war with the Philistines. And all of a sudden, this boy walks up and he hears something from the enemy. From one of them. Now, we know the story, David and Goliath. When David walked up, some tried to stop him. He says, who do you think you are? You're just a little boy. You, don't, you can't even do it. You know, there's some people look at you and says, who do you think you are? Even your own family kind of looks at you and kind of says, what gives you the right? Friends saying, what happened to you? You don't understand. I've been changed. And I like the, the, what David said. Is there not a cause? You cower. You're in fear. Is there not a cause? David took what he's seen and what he heard, and he heard the enemy defiling the armies of God, defiling Israel. And he says, enough is enough. And notice what he did. He told the king and convinced the king, I will go fight. Nobody else wants to. I will go fight. They tried to put everything on him. Sometimes people try to put things on you that just doesn't work. Use what God's given you. So he takes the stones and takes the sling, steps out in there. But that's not what he was going to really use. Because notice what he said. Goliath started mocking him. He says, ha, they sent a boy. They sent one. And he says, I'll feed you to the birds of the air. I'll feed your body to the dogs. And you're like nothing like a dog to me. I'm going to take care of you. And the rest of your uh, clan is going to be my servant. And all of a sudden, David rose up and he looked at him. He wasn't fearful of it. Goliath. He wasn't fearful of that giant. He wasn't fearful of that situation. He says, I, you may come with spear and sword. You may come with all this thing here, but I come with the name of the Lord God of heaven. So we must understand we've been given a name that's above every name. We've been given a name that by that, that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. We've been given a name that operates in a realm. He's the author and the finisher. We've been given a name that's from beginning to the end. We've been given a name called I am the great I am. His name is Jesus. And when we stand against those Goliaths in our lives, we can look and say, I come in the name of the Lord. That's the authority we have. We speak with spirit. We speak with life. And we look at the situations. My God is more than enough. He knows how to turn it around. He knows how to bring things around. He's more than enough. Far too many people, though, of God are saying, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. When God says you're a servant, you're a son, and you've been part of the family, you have a right to stand to what he says you are. Our identity, we have an identity crisis in the church realm. Too many people don't know who they are. They don't understand that. The authority of the believer, that's where we must come from. That's where we must go. Thank God I have two adopted kids. 
they have just as much right as my oldest one. Just as much right to come in and operate any way they want to. Andy's got a key. Hannah's, and Javi's got a key. See, when Javi got married, he got what Hannah's got. Got the best daddy-in-law ever. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. But he's got that because you're connected. We are connected to the heavenlies. We're connected to God. And what God has, he gives to us because of Christ. Three keys I want to bring up. I only be able to touch base with one today. Three keys that brings us the authority, that helps us to come and operate in authority. The three keys I'll give it to you. One is redemption. Two, righteousness. Three, resistance. These three keys will help you come into the place of authority that you need to be with your life and what God has given you. One, redemption. The key of redemption is this. Jesus died, went to hell, and he rose from the dead. Aren't you glad for that? That brings a key right there. Redemption means that he bought us. Jesus redeemed us. Can I put it to you just in some good terms? Jesus broke the power of Satan. He broke the power of Satan and what Satan had upon people. Thank God for that. In Luke 11, it says this in verse 21 and 22. When a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes all. Jesus was talking about what the enemy has done to this world. He says, but a stronger has come in and Jesus was a stronger man. Jesus was that stronger one. And when he died on the cross and went to hell and loosed those that was in hell, and what do you do? He come up and he says, grave, you no longer have a hold on that person. No longer are you going to keep them captive. But he broke Satan's back in one sense. He broke the hold of Satan upon the people of God. We need to recognize Satan doesn't have a right. He's an outside entity because we have a right to move in the realm that Christ has called us to. Thank God for that. One thing we noticed what brought this about was the blood of Jesus himself. Say his blood. blood. What did he do? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24 says this, Jesus' blood he sprinkled into the heavens. And the Bible says, in that scripture says, this was mightier blood than what Abel's blood was. When God heard Abel's blood, don't you think God can't hear? He's got the best hearing you ever heard. No, he don't need to take an hearing test. He's got it, already got it right there. And when Jesus stepped in and brought his blood, sprinkled it. Oh, you talk about rejoicing in heaven. 
He walked in to the holies of holies and before God. Now you've got to forgive them. Now uh, they're different people. See, what happens when I become born again? My bloodline changes. My bloodline changes, church. I no longer have this earthly blood. I've got the Father's blood flowing through me. I have the right to operate this. And so when Jesus stepped into the heavenlies, all of a sudden he brought peace, but he brought us into a new alignment that we can walk in and claim what heaven has. Thank God for the sacrifice, but thank God he set the captives free. Thank God he broke what Satan had tried to keep us. The Bible says he's got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Thank God he's, that means authority. And this key that we're talking about is redemption. means he bought me with a price and I'm no longer myself. And when the enemy comes, says, you messed up. Wait a minute. I belong to someone higher than you. Authority, you need to stand up for yourself. Everybody wants somebody else to do it. You pray for me. You do this. You've got a right to do it. Let me put it again to you. You've got a right to do it. You've got a right. When you're alone, you can pray for yourself. You can lay hands on yourself because you're a child of God. Speak to your mind. Speak to your situation. Do like David did with Goliath. Speak to that mountain. Speak to the mountain of your God. Speak in the name of the Lord God of heaven. Speak in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and see what happens. One of the things that I notice that there's power in the blood. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, they overcame. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and their testimony. The blood of the lamb. See, I'm not a wimp. I'm a winner. I'm not underneath. I'm above. I'm not going down. I'm going up. Are you catching what I'm saying, church? It's time we have a church that takes the authority that we need to have. Quit feeling sorry for yourself and say, wait a minute. Uh, the bank has got more than I can realize. And I'm talking about the bank of heaven. If you look at the banks around here, it's just money. It'll burn up. Trust me. Bring me $100 and I'll put it on fire for you. And what do you do? <gasps> Quit putting value on things that is going to temporarily go away. It's going to go away. But the things that God gives us are eternal. Thank God for eternal things. You know what uh, Satan is afraid of more than anything? Is the blood of the Lamb. He's afraid of his name, but he's afraid of the blood because he knows what the blood did. He knows what the blood paid for. He knows what the blood has given you, the right to, to enter in. See, when you plead the blood, see, pleading is a lawyer term. I plead a cause. I come before the judge pleading something. When I plead the blood of Jesus, you know what does? It comes in and God doesn't see now the things that I've been through. God doesn't see that 
It's like that identity change, a clothing change. Yes, I stunk. Yes, I was in the mire. Yes, I was in the mess. Yes, I was in sin. But God gives me a new identity, and that's the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. And now the Father sees the blood. He sees the identity that you have now. Now you're a child of God. You have a right to speak what God says you can speak. Jesus gave us power by his redemption. He gave us the authority by his redemption. Thank God for the power that we have and authority. That's the reason why Jesus said that when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you receive the breath of God and you start speaking out from the breath of God and you start speaking life, the enemy has to take notice because that penetrates into his domain. That penetrates into what he's doing and let him know, wait a minute. And he has to flee, the Bible says. As you submit yourself under the mighty hand of God and you then resist the devil, then you come against the devil, then you come against what he says, and then he has to flee, church. Go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Tell you never, it says he's about done. That's not conclusion. He's just about done. Let's read this for a minute. Verse 4, 1 John 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We've heard that before. Time and time again. But notice this, you are of God. He stops there just for a moment, a pause, a comma. You are of God. Look at your neighbor and says, you are of God. You You must understand who you're representing and where you're coming from. What area you're coming from, you're not your own now. You're not operating out of your own senses and out of your own things. You are of God. And that's where you come in. And then he goes, says, uh, little children. We're children of God. Men and women of God. Thank God he's called his family. Why is it so important to have church? What do you go to on the, after you're done with your chores and after you're done with your work and after you're done with school, what do you go to? You go to your home. That's part of family. Why is it so important to get connected with the family? It's because you need to know where you can have a safe place to go, where you can have a secure place, a place that you can kind of feel Yes, I'm welcomed. I've got something that I can kind of relax a little bit. I can be myself. Thank God for the family of God. Thank God for His church. See, His church is what is an overcoming power. See, the gates of hell shall not prevail against who? His church. And I'm part of His church, His family. He's given us that. But He goes on to say this, and have overcome. Say, I am an overcomer. Them. It talks about everything coming in place, everything that's in the world, because he said, because he who is in you, say in me. In me. See, what does it mean? Say, be in me. In me. 
Christ, the hope of glory. In me, the Holy Ghost, God's breath, God's spirit is in me. God's anointing is in me. God's power was, is, is, was in me. Also, in me is God's word. When I speak his word, it brings forth everything in alignment because his word will never pass away. This is what God is looking at, his word. His word is Jesus. And when you speak Jesus, everything's got to come in line. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, sealed by the Holy Spirit. I've been sealed. When you get married to another, what's one of the things that they seal with this? They give them a kiss, but they place a ring on, on the finger. And it's made in a circle of never ending. I mean, those God loves you. Just for a little bit? Always. Jesus said, lo, I'll be with you. Always. Behold, I'll be with you always. Below, I'll be with you. Notice this, with this, the ring is a seal, but it brings authority. But it also brings a ring of promise. God's given you every promise he has. The Bible declares 7,000 promises that belongs to the children of God. How many's ever tapped into 7,000 promises? That is a lot. I've only tapped in just a few. And a lot of times we always mention because we look at the physical more than we do what God really wants to bring to us. We look at our finances. We look at relationships. We look at physical. We look at mental. We look at all these things here, but there's so much more, a vast array that God has for us. We need to tap into it. And the Bible says, I have authority to claim it. It belongs to me. When Jesus stepped across the portals into heaven, when he stepped across the threshold, across the gates, and sat down on the right hand of the Father, the Bible says he's making intercession for you and I. And what intercession is he making? My children has needs. Father, your children has needs. My brothers and sisters has needs. He came that you might have your needs met. Yes. That way you don't have no lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. He leads me. He leads me, as Psalm 23 says. I shall not walk, which means I don't have lack. And thank God for that. First key we must look at is redemption. I've been redeemed. My Redeemer lives, ever lives to make intercession for you and I. Thank God for that. But it also brings this up, family authority. I belong to the Father. I have family authority. And by the name of Jesus... What brings authority is my, my name, last name especially. Johnson. Everything that Johnson has belongs to me. And my dad's taking ownership right now, but eventually he's coming my way. Sorry, Dad. You're going to lose it one of these days. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying one day it's coming my way. Then I get to choose to pass it on or I get to choose to use it. Sorry, son. <laughs> <laughs> See, we, when God dealt with me, the authority of the believer, far too many people are living so far below. They want everybody else to do it. When God says, you've got the right. 
You have the right to claim it, to step in and speak it, to step in and take ownership of it. Far too many people are living below their privilege. It's time, it's time to step in where God has for you. Step off with the areas where you're at and say, God, I'm stepping in. One thing I like about the story about Abraham, when God says, leave your country, it took him just a little bit to get out of there. But he says, there's a place I want to show you. And the Bible says in the New Testament, it says, Abraham was looking for a city and whose builder was God. We've got a place that God's prepared for us. And he says, I'm telling you, the place that I've got for you is so much greater than what you can have here. But while you're on this earth, why not step into the realm of ownership and authority and the places and being blessed what God has given you? Take on that new identity. Take on the blessings of God. Feel worthy. And all of a sudden, put on the ring of authority. And step into that realm. And when you walk, don't do it pridefully. But just thank God, thank you, God, that you've given everything. You've given me a child of his. Stand to your feet, if you would, please, hold the building.